It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. For the Golden Knights, Game 3 against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm Stormy Bonantoni along with the busiest man in media, Darren Millard. Do, do you ever take a break? Do you breathe? It's awesome. Well, all we do is talk about the VGK, so it's easy. Yeah, the that's true. VGK this hour. VGK at 4. <laughs> VGK after the game. It's it's great. If Now, if I was bouncing back and forth between um, algebra and and then world studies and all that, yeah. then that would be difficult. How were you, how are you in school? Uh, very average to below average. My work ethic was zero. My give a crap meter was less than that. So you're one of those people that once you got in the business, you're like, okay, now I have something I actually want to study about. Yeah, exactly. So hockey, I, I, could, I could study hockey and talk about hockey all day. I wasn't changing careers because it was going to be too much work. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited that we are going to have a full capacity crowd at T-Mobile Arena for the first time since March of 2020. And we were just talking about this as we were walking up here. It's so strange, I feel like, to see people just being normal right now. But that's what tonight's going to be. It's going to be a normal Stanley Cup playoff game tonight. I keep feeling like when I don't wear a mask, because I've been vaccinated, uh, that somebody's going to jump out and they go, <laughs> give me heck and... The CDC uh, said I'm going to sit in the seats tonight for the first time ever at a Golden Knights game. I can't wait for that and get that full experience and to have 18,000. Like it's it's hashtag normal today. When's the last time you watched a game as a fan? Oh, as a fan. I've done it a few times, but my wife and I haven't been to a game together as fans probably since 2004. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You guys are going to have so much fun yeah. and it's yeah. going to be a We're great just gonna game. stare at each other. We'll <laughs> date night. Eat some pretzels, oh, eat some pret popcorn. I, I, okay, what? send me a text or a tweet. or We probably don't have my number, but uh, send me a tweet. Is the Twitter thing I thought you were going to say, I don't have your number. Oh, you have my number. Yep. Uh, uh, what, what food should I – because I have to go and grab some food at T-Mobile Arena tonight. Uh, I'm going as a fan uh, after the VGK Insider Show, and I need to know what's the go-to grub. Okay, for me, grab. just in general, I'm going to put my vote out there just mm -hmm. now on the air is a pretzel with cheese. That is like, for me, the sporting event food that you eat when you're at a live game. I'm a hot dog guy. Hot normally. dogs are good, too. Yeah. But hot dogs are more of a baseball food for me. Right. So Very, very true. Just throwing it out there. Um, but we are very excited, obviously, for Game 3 against the Colorado Avalanche. The Golden Knights down 0-2 in the series. But last game, one that... We heard from Pete DeBoer and numerous people that you think that the Golden Knights deserved better after that overtime loss, 3-2 in Colorado in Game 2. And the, the Avs are a confident team as they come into T-Mobile Arena. They have not lost a game this postseason yet, but that was the first close game that they've had at all this postseason. So two things that I didn't uh, realize, even though you're you're just sunk right into this uh, the Stanley Cup playoff run. One, uh, was this the first time that the Golden Knights have ever been down two games to start a series, mm -hmm. which uh, is amazing uh, considering, uh, one, you're an expansion team, and, uh, and two, they've been through so many series that this is the first time. And the second one that kind of just uh, slipped by was that the Avalanche haven't lost yet in this postseason. And that's, uh, that sort of gives me confidence in a weird back doorway it gives me confidence because they're not going undefeated <laughs> uh that's that's never happened before so they're due 
They're mm-hmm. due right now, and Vegas has uh, this is the first time they're down uh, two nothing. And they're due uh, for a win, so I think we're coming at this in the right direction for both sides. I think so too. And the Golden Knights, for me, obviously built a lot from game one to game two. It felt like they were a completely different team. Obviously, not coming off the emotions of game seven and the short turnaround that you had. But like I said, that was the first close game, even mm-hmm. because the Avs have won every game they've played by three or more goals ahead of that game. So um, they're coming into a hostile environment, and I wonder how much you subscribe to that theory in general, that the environment plays a role. I think it plays a role, and it'll get the the Vegas bench fired up. It will. I also firmly believe that it plays a role with the opposition and gets them excited, especially given where we've come from in the last year that playing before a full building even if they're against you can still motivate you so uh, i think it's it listen i i love what we're going to witness tonight i think it will absolutely boost uh, the golden knights uh but uh i i do think that there's part of the fueling of the opposition just to be in a cool environment as well well, if anybody knows what it's like uh, to come into T-Mobile Arena from the Golden Knights side, it's head coach Pete DeBoer having coached against the VGK with the San Jose Sharks in a couple of series uh, coming into this building. He gave his perspective after being asked on his San Jose experience and the visitor's perspective. So let's check out cut one from Pete DeBoer. Absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's usually those momentum swings, uh, you know, from the opposing bench uh, when – you know, as a visiting team, we would get scored on. You know, we talked about uh, the ability of, of the atmosphere in the building to, to really create momentum uh, uh, for the home team and, and, and that we had to be able to handle that. Uh, and a lot of times we, we didn't and couldn't. So, um, yeah, it's a huge advantage, uh, especially in those momentum moments where, you know, hopefully we can get a goal and, and uh, get the crowd involved and, and build on it. And, Darren, it does work both ways, right? Because yeah. if the momentum is sucked out of the building, that can be detrimental they, to They can group. feel it uh, mm-hmm. on, on the Vegas bench. Now, uh, I, I mentioned how, how the other team can feed off that environment. Where it really becomes advantageous to the, to the Golden Knights is you've got the crowd going. Uh, the team starts playing great, and the opposition has to endure both the atmosphere and the play of, of the Golden Knights. And I've, I've heard the, the players talk about it in the past where it just felt like they were everywhere. Like it was coming from every different direction, from the seats, from the roof, from the bench, from the ice. And, and you, can't, you can't stop it. There's not enough uh, time outside of an intermission to get away from it. And when you get it together... Uh, uh, it can be uh, just uh, overwhelming at times, and so if you can if you can combine a, a great start and and gritty uh, passionate play from the Golden Knights on the ice, and then that rink environment, that's when I think it it takes hold. If you don't get the play on the ice, and that mm-hmm. rink environment is just there, it can help fuel the other team. So the, everybody has to play their part in this. Nighttime at noon, Stormy Bonantoni and Darren Millard getting you set for Game 3 between the Golden Knights and Colorado Avalanche today. When you look at Game 2, Darren, what were some of your biggest takeaways from that one? They, just how fast they were uh, in able to, being able to get places on the forecheck, uh, defensively uh, in their own zone, trying to corral uh, the, 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 the Colorado Avalanche in Game 1. 
they couldn't get to those places fast enough to force Colorado to make any type of bad decisions with the puck, or they couldn't get to those places to deflect the puck away or take a puck away. Uh, it was uh, it was almost like um, uh, there was uh, you were playing one one team was on a five level in a video game, and the other the other player was on a two. And, and it just because of the fatigue factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just physically couldn't get there uh, in time. And in game two, they were all over. They were disrupting the pace of, of the Colorado Avalanche and then exiting the zone so much sharper. Just b- wonderful execution and, and being able to dictate the pace themselves, uh, I thought, made a significant difference between games one and two. It was, it was impressive. Now, that first period, was white knuckle time. Well, I feel like the only thing that was really bringing the Golden Knights down this game was the fact that they had to go on the power play so many times that you can't you can't have success against a team like Colorado if you're constantly shorthanded because right. they are a team that's going to kill you in that area. And you just you, no matter how good you are at the yeah, game, yeah, you're defending so much and. Uh, there's defending, and then there's the the mental part of it where it's the, the stress of we know these guys are really really good. Like defending the power play of Columbus right now with uh, with what they've gone through, or and I'm sorry to mention Columbus if you're a Columbus Blue Jacket fan, but or, or the anxiety that uh, defending uh, and trying to kill off a penalty against Colorado are two very different things uh, when it comes to uh, nervousness and and anxiety. So there's there's that part of it. You're you're on your heels. So uh, I, I I'm agree I agree with you. Uh, I'll be curious to see the standard of officiating where it is. Uh, the Minnesota series was very impressive from game one to game seven. Uh, you may have one or more penalties called, but it was the same approach by the officials. You got the same standard. Game two was the most penalties we've seen in a series in a, in a game in the playoffs by uh, involving the Vegas Gold Knights. That didn't involve a kerfuffle mm-hmm. or, or shenanigans. So um, that uh, I'll be curious to see if that if lower penalties uh, for uh, is an advantage to Vegas just because of that power play. So if if they back off a little bit, uh, that'll be interesting to see how it impacts the game. The Avs are four for eleven in the two games on the power play Decent. against the Golden Knights. Um, that's their third straight multi-power play goal game, and they lead the league in power play goals. Yeah. And they've played some of the fewest games. So, so <laughs> that, and, and you, you bring up that, that number, and then you backtrack to after uh, game two, in which the Golden Knights lose, play really, really well, but lose in overtime, and the, the comments are, and questions are about the penalty. Yeah, do you have any lingering feelings on that well, overtime penalty? I, I think Pete DeBoer did a great job of not responding to the penalty. Like his comments after the game, soft call, embellishment, that wasn't to react to game two by any means. It may have sounded like it was responding to game two and answering the question, but those comments about soft call and what uh, Colorado's doing with embellishment was strategically focused on influencing game three tonight, game four, and on, and trying to get it back to the officials and trying to buy your, maybe you buy yourself one less penalty kill or you get uh, one more power play uh, in your favor. But Pete DeBoer, in his time, uh, specifically his time in uh, in San Jose and then what I've seen uh, with, with the Golden Knights, 
he is masterful at managing the message within the series to the officials. We don't have the normal time where, where we have a uh, – normally the, the National Hockey League has a supervisor for each series. He'll meet with the co- Vegas management and the coaches. Uh, that uh, supervisor will meet with the opposition, in this case the Colorado Avalanche management supervisors, and then the supervisor will talk to the officials. Okay, this is what we're seeing. This is what, uh, We don't have that here. But they'll, they'll do it more uh, via Zoom. Uh, but, but Pete uh, has been able to, in the past, get that message across publicly and privately, and he did it publicly uh, the other night. At, and we'll see whether that – so tonight, if mm-hmm. there's three power plays – in this game, that means his message is there might be a cleaner game or less less fouls, but I think there's also some of that uh, getting back to the officials. And I do think that publicly, the way that he kind of towed the line, he did a really good job of that too, was saying, like, I'm not putting this on the officials. They've no. had to work through. You no. know, he handled the way that he got that message across. You said masterful. I really o- I o- officials, so as well. Officials will never admit to that being uh, in their head. But you hear it. You hear it enough and, times. And, and you go, okay, uh, embellishment. Well, the player held his mouth. Do I, did I really see what I saw or did I see? It, 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 it may not happen right away, but it, it, it does. And that's why coaches, some coaches are so good at it and some coaches uh, get fined. Because they're not as good at it, and they and they tend to react emotionally. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on yeah. on the officiating uh, tonight and throughout the rest of this series. And if you're coming to the game tonight, I hope that you're driving in a car with a Golden Knights license plate because the best way to show your spirit fans, no matter where you are in Nevada, is with the VGK license plate. A plate is a great way to night up your vehicle, show everybody on the road what team you root for. So make sure you head out to dmvnb.com slash plates to show your pride. Again, that's dm mbnb.com you do that really well plates. i have to st- i have to do that so slow really oh my gosh no i was listening to like the show D- yes i was M- listening B. to the show yesterday in the car um and as i was saying it's like dmbnv.com slash plates <laughs> ready to go <laughs> stay with us on nighttime at noon we'll be right back we're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the vegas golden knights fox sports las vegas Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This 28,000-acre cattle ranch has something for everyone, a world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. And uh, that was pretty cool. Last year they did the uh, draft from Rock Creek Cattle Company. So talk about something for everybody. There's hockey for everybody up there at Rock Creek, too. I think the whole National Hockey League draft should go up to Rock Creek. It not, was beautiful. Not, not just the BGK. Like, put put all 32 teams into Rock Creek uh, and, and have the, uh, the whole festivities up there. I'm sure Bill Foley would be all about that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why not? I like it. You're an idea man. Thank you. Speaking of which, that's Darren Millard. I'm Stormy Bonantoni here on Nighttime at Noon. And you were live on the desk uh, on the Knights Report earlier today during the morning skate report, getting everybody kind of set with what was going on today. And there were a lot of faces missing from the ice. There was no Alex Tuck, no Alec Martinez, uh, Matthias Yanbark, Robin Leonard, Brady McNabb still in COVID protocol. But um, Game time decision. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what's... <laughs> Based on what Pete DeBoer said, they're all game time decisions. Game time what's, what's your feeling? I like the way Pete handles that. Like, okay, because um, right now with Zoom, 
uh, it's easy for people to if if you're a, a National Hockey League reporter in New Jersey, you can jump into the Zoom press conference, and we we can stay up to date. If if you want to follow, if you're a media member, you can follow all eight teams still left in, in their media conferences. So you may not know the the way that uh, that they handle Dominic Ducharme handles uh, injuries or players absent uh, with Montreal Canadiens. So you're going to ask uh, about it, uh, Pete. We know game time decisions and we know starting goaltenders like mm-hmm. y- you you can ask you're not getting an answer uh that's the uh that's the philosophy of uh of information uh with the vegas school tonight so every now and then we'll get somebody who will ask that question not knowing how things roll here and today we got the whoever's not out there is considered a game time decision now robin leonard not being out there i would read into it more than the others uh, he did not back up in game number two, uh, was not out there. Yuri Patera and Logan Thompson were the two other goaltenders uh, taking part in the morning skate along with Marc-Andre Fleury. So uh, deduce that and you get uh, Marc-Andre Fleury starting again. So that would be uh, for the eighth time in nine games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I would assume Logan Thompson. I don't think it's a big stretch to uh, to make that assumption. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll be brave <laughs> enough uh, to do it. So that's the, that's the only thing. I don't know about... Like an Alex Tuck uh, uh, not skating today. That's it's one I don't read into personally because mm-hmm. we haven't seen anything. Now, they didn't practice yesterday. Right. So th- it, it's a little bit, uh, at this stage, how, how different is it to go from a complete day off to not skating in the morning? Uh, some, some players, more players uh, during a regular season would probably go out there for a twirl. Uh, today, uh, you're getting into uh, the meat of, of the Stanley Cup playoffs into your second series. Uh, I tend not to uh, equate absences mm-hmm. with anything going on. But as we've become aware, there can be players that just you don't see anything mm-hmm. and they're out. Remember Alex Petrangelo? I know he took the, the shot off the, the arm uh, in San Jose that one game. But it was n- close enough to the end of the game that nobody really picked up on it. And then he just wasn't out there again. Uh, the next game in St. Louis or Minnesota, Minnesota uh, was the ne- was the next series. Uh, so there's there can be those cases, but in this, the sh- the long answer uh, to an easy question would be, I wouldn't take too much of what I saw today from players uh, out there or not out there to impact in the lineup. The two specifically for me that I don't look into the most <laughs> would be Alex Tuck and Alec Martinez, just because we haven't seen Martinez practice. Right basically at all this postseason. So, um, but yeah, just a little update there from morning skate game time decisions all around. Um, and as you said, we expect Marc-Andre Fleury to be back in net and him and Philip Grubauer, two Vezina finalists uh, along with Andre Vasilevsky, and they have put on a Vezina type show in that second game. Uh, they were spectacular. So uh, can we get into the Vezina trophy? Sure. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I did uh, uh, some research and was part of uh, a conversation with Kevin Woodley from Ingoal Mag. Uh, also is a, uh, a writer for NHL.com, covers the Vancouver Canucks, but uh, his, his main job is, is goaltending. And had a big conversation about uh, Vesna, and he's he's very um, anti wins and save percentage and that kind of thing. He gets deep into the analytics and and all those uh, wins. Me, wins and save percentage mean nothing, Darren. Yes, <laughs> I, I, to, to me, unless you're a general manager. To me, they mean something. Yes. Uh, to Kevin, they they don't they don't mean a lot. I uh, just meant to the people voting. Right. That's all. I yes. Meant. Yeah. <laughs> he's very he's 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 a critical of the uh, the GMs, but uh, he 
did a deep dive into it, and the three finalists are Andre Vasilevsky, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and Philip Grubauer. He told me that there's a big difference between Vasilevsky and Fleury, and then there's separation to Grubauer in the regular season. Uh, and then he broke it down to Vasilevsky and Mark Andre and said the uh, advanced stats certainly point to Mark Andre Fleury having the advantage over Andre Vasilevsky, even though he didn't have as many wins as Vasilevsky. Uh, the numbers uh, give Fleury the nod. Uh, well, do you have any specifics on, like, in the weeds, which things uh, they are, like what percentages? Saves above replacement, okay. uh, like the, 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 just a bunch of formulas that, quite frankly, are... We already went over. You weren't yeah. good at math, yeah, so I'm, me neither. We're in this together. Uh, so uh, difficult saves. I'll put it in, in language. Difficult saves. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury had better numbers than Vasilevsky. Uh, easy shots allowed. So bad goals, number of bad goals. Marc-Andre Fleury allowed uh, a lot fewer bad goals than... That's interesting. Than Andre Vasilevsky did. So consistency, uh, making big saves. And, and we're talking a small difference here in each category. But when, when you look at all the numbers combined, Marc-Andre Fleury has better numbers across the board than Andre Vasilevsky. Now, does, does everybody do as much work as, as my buddy Kevin does? Probably not, because Kev, that's Kevin's job and Kevin's passion. But uh, when you look at it from that standpoint, and the other part is the, this is only the regular season. Voting was done prior to the Stanley Cup playoffs, so what we've witnessed in the last couple of weeks doesn't have an influence. But uh, then you add in the emotion part of it, Stormy. And, and, and I do get the sense that there's some uh, career uh, accomplishment. Uh, like a lifetime merit. achievement. Yeah, lifetime achievement. Or thing. thank you uh, for, for, for this with Marc-Andre because uh, there was so much of this season that was built around climbing up the all-time wins list that managers would have been uh, – like maybe if the Golden Knights weren't in the news, but Mark Andre Fleury was because right. he made another step on the list. So the headlines uh, coming out on NHL.com or different press releases where Mark Andre Fleury climbs to number five, four. He's now number three all the time. Climbing the, the shutouts the list. The managers yep. all see that. Everybody sees that, and then you go, okay, he's number three. He's had this great season. Last summer was very high profile. Everybody was aware of what happened there. He's come back and had this season. So I think a lot of that goes into the, the pot of stew that makes a very spicy meal for Marc-Andre Fleury being the, the Vezina. First time finalist. But, yeah, but, he's coming fourth twice. Yeah. But I think that the, the, I think that he's got a legitimate chance here. He's not a finalist because of lifetime achievement, but he may win it because of lifetime achievement. He earned his mix mm -hmm. in, as being a finalist. Uh, that little bit of emotion might just be enough to push him over the top. And that's not a bad thing. And I know you saw this yesterday. He has the best fan in the entire world in his house cheering him on. This is so cool, right? Yeah, I don't know if any of you saw this, but if you haven't, you should check out Marc-Andre Fleury's wife's Instagram post yesterday. Um, his daughter, Scarlett, five years old, wrote just the sweetest note ever saying... Uh, yeah, I have it right here. Hold on, let me pull it up because it was... It was so cute. She said, okay, here we go. This is a letter, by the way, anybody that has a daughter, this is the letter that you 
would like melt if your daughter wrote you this letter. Came home to this after the game two loss. Last night you made me happy, Dad. You stopped pucks and that made me proud, Dad. I love you. Keep stopping all the pucks. In my heart, you are the best goalie. And heart is drawn in a big heart and there's this cartoon picture of him in net and it's just the cutest thing ever and she spelled goalie g-o-l-y and i think that's just how we should spell goalie now yes who spells better you or her oh scarlet i thought so too Guaranteed. incredible honestly like great handwriting this was really well done five years old i couldn't believe it it was so, it's just so cute yeah it was that just absolutely makes you into a blubbering fool uh, <laughs> watching that and looking at the artwork that went with it and and knowing that uh, that Mark Andre was uh, frustrated after that game then uh, his his zoom press conference you could tell mm-hmm. he was frustrated you're, yep. you're you're closer to those uh, and being able to see those those because of being in the bubble which uh, is rare for him to show that I yes. think in a press conference I felt bad for the water bottle because <laughs> he was kind of Twirling it and yeah. throwing, uh, and, and then uh, afterwards, when he tapped uh, Mark Stone and said "good job," I thought that was uh, that was also telling too as his level of, of frustration. Uh, so I, and then knowing that he he got home to that letter, just man, great so stuff, cool. awesome. I uh, love it. if that doesn't just go. They deserve some some props from the hockey gods tonight. Nothing yeah. will. Also, what a name, Scarlet Flurry. I Mm. feel like that's just got like a superhero ring to it. Um, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll go around the league, um, check out some of the news surrounding the seven other teams remaining this postseason. A couple fun overtime games last night. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The VGK are looking to close the gap in the series with the Colorado Avalanche and ideally make it 2-1 after tonight's first game with a full capacity since March of 2020. And you can join Golden Knights fans from around the world with VGK Worldwide, the official global fan club of the Vegas Golden Knights. Become a premium member by visiting VGKWorldwide.com and purchasing your kit today. Premium members receive access to exclusive merchandise, exciting contests, and specialized content. So don't miss any opportunity to be a part of painting the globe gold and i feel like i have too much energy right now to match yeah, that flying. welcome song well that welcome song was like wasn't that the where are we isn't that that song i don't pay attention is to it? those anymore <laughs> our producer jared in, in my ear said yes that is that song that's uh where are we we're in vgk worldwide is that right is we that are, the way we, we should are, we is that what I, he was I, going I love with it. i'm with you Okay. Well, we'll get back to uh, the Golden Knights and Avs continuing to get you tuned up for game three in just a little bit, but wanted to check in with some of the games around the league. Boston and Carolina yesterday, both getting wins in overtime. Uh, Darren, is there any series that like really stands out to you most outside of the VGK and Avs? Uh, the Boston Islanders series is the one that's flying under the radar. Which Why do you think that's weird. flying under the I, radar? I don't know. Uh, it's weird because you have a two well-established franchises, uh, two uh, superstars uh, on, on both sides. You've got the Perfection Line and then uh, the New York Islanders uh, with, with Barzell uh, able to fly uh, up and down the edge. There's, there's great talent on both sides. Uh, it's weird that that one. So do you think that's flying under the radar because everybody's still trying to wrap their heads around the fact that it's Montreal and Winnipeg playing yeah. each other? Obviously, the Golden Knights and Av Series top two teams in the NHL. Yeah. But why do you think but, but Kane's, Kane's Lightning, and Lightning oh, is supposed to be fast and intriguing 
and um, two two teams that uh, that play the game uh, in a very modern style. And that should be like normally Tampa uh, Carolina would be your oh, oh yeah forgot about them. Uh, well, that, see that, for that, me that's not the case. For me, I thought that. The Bruins series had a little bit more flair to it after the Canes went down 0-2 in their own building. But now, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which that, by the way, should give Golden Knights fans some confidence, right? You're right. Uh, the the 2-0 series lead uh, for Tampa Bay going home, like they're in big-time control. You, you can, uh, with, with your home crowd, to be able to do that. Uh, but that might be a, a season saver last night mm -hmm. for the Carolina Hurricanes and to be able to to win it that way and uh, again Tampa's not giving up much in the series at all it's a strange one it should be uh, like Vegas and Colorado back and forth mm -hmm. high high excitement uh, the the first three games of that series have under delivered mm -hmm. uh, compared to the excitement level game two Vegas Colorado was out of this world uh, that might exciting be the best game of the year. Best game that I've seen in in, yeah. in, a, in a while. <laughs> I, I just sat there, and you're going back and forth. I sent uh, a note to uh, to Kenny and Edzo uh, on the broadcast, and just said, like, "I'm so jealous of you guys being able to to call this game right now, and be able to in, enjoy that atmosphere and be right in the rink mm -hmm. like that. It was it that was." That was a cool moment. If you were going, aliens are going to come down, and you go, we want to show you hockey. That's what you would have shown them was, was those, those three periods or four periods. That was a great game. Uh, on the road, those of us that have been traveling, we've been playing this, um, like, next goal scored game and, like, mm -hmm. making our guesses in each series. That like, every, every next goal? Like, yeah. not just overtime goals? Correct. Like, every, every goal. But so keep you busy. When I, it's fun. It's just something to do when we watch yeah. the games when we're on the road. And um, yesterday, I'm at home, and I was watching the games with my significant other, and I was trying to get him into it, and he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't. And then finally... For overtime, he's like, all right, let's make our picks. And for the Canes game specifically, I made we made one for each team. Yeah. And I picked Kucherov for the Lightning and Jordan Stahl for the Canes. Mm. And he, he picked Ajo for the Canes. And he was like, I, he's from Carolina. So he was like, I'm not picking anybody from Tampa. Oh. So he's like, I'm just going all in on Sebastian Ajo. That's cheating. <laughs> so Kucherov ends up taking the penalty. In yep. overtime. So I'm like, all right, well, there's one. I'm out. So now it's just between these other two. And, of course, Aho makes the shot. And my significant other, Chris, is just screaming like, I made the – yes, I picked the game winner. Da -da -da. And then later we we find out that Stahl got the tip, official, so, officially yep. got the game winner. And he texted me this morning and was just – so I saw Stahl got credited with that. <laughs> well, at least he admitted it. it takes 12 hours, but uh, at least he admits it. But that is a fun game. Have you ever done that? I do, I do it for overtime all the time. Yeah, it's but, fun. But not, not, uh, generally, don't do it next goal up. That's that's hardcore. It's so fun, though. It. it keeps, especially for series, maybe if you're not the most invested in it, it's just something yeah. like a reason for at least some people in my family to like go through a roster and pick out somebody that they, it's fun. I we like it. We used to do it uh, back in the, uh, in my previous incarnation, we would uh, cut off the, all the rosters and there's seven or eight of us in a room watching these games and you would have to go through and you would just pick out of a hat. And you'd end up with two or three. So you get stuck players. with whatever the oh, name yeah. is. Oh yeah, you just get oh, stuck. Oh, that's but, cool. But, but you put ten bucks in. 
I like that and, too. And, and, you, and you get uh, you get that out of it. So I yeah, I didn't think about that. Just like cut up all the names. Gotta and have scissors. You're stuck with whoever and you're, it is. You're stuck with it. So <laughs> you, you you go through and uh, you, your first pick might be uh, the third pairing defenseman that's not going to get some ice time, or seventh defenseman in in the case of uh, some teams, and you're like ah. Oh. <laughs> but and sometimes it works out. But that the ten bucks so you might make uh, seven yeah. bucks Canadian, which is. Twenty-five bucks American, <laughs> which is which, which is awesome. Love the conversion rate. Uh, Brad Marchand, how about that shot? Yeah. Like, I I kept thinking that's a bad goal. That's a bad goal, and then I watched the shot and said that was a perfect shot from a weird angle, right to that to the crotch of the post and the and the crossbar. It was incredibly accurate. I I don't know whether he was trying to do that or create a rebound. Uh, I like to think that he's probably creating or trying to create a rebound but wow uh, what a moment and he just he happened to hop on the ice off the rush and just managed to stay on side there was so much happening to that play and I think everybody just kind of sat back from the New York Islanders and didn't think he was going to make that kind of uh, effort they kept showing the replay from a poor angle for me. Like they showed the one angle that was perfect. Those TV and people. I would no, but <laughs> yeah, we're the worst. Yeah. I was so ex I saw it the replay because in real time it just like happened so boom boom and I wasn't I didn't get the full capture of what no, it was. Because you don't expect him to shoot from no. the by the time he's he's in the corner. And so they showed one replay of it that was perfect. And then every other replay, they don't show the actual puck going in the net. So I was so frustrated. I was like, I want to see it again. Show the other angle again, please. Yeah, it was a great, great Who'd shot. you have in Boston uh, Islanders? Who'd you pick? Uh, uh, Bergey. I picked yeah. Patrice Bergeron, but I should have known better. Should have known better. Yeah. That's, uh, I, a second, his second one. I, I would go Pasternak. For that. That's uh, what our uh, our fine friend Eric Tosi in our PR department. That's what he would have picked as well when we were playing that game uh, on the road. He, Pasta was always his first pick when it came to the bees. Uh, Boston, I think, can win the series. Uh, Carolina, I won't count out yet. Uh, I think there's so much skill there. Uh, it's it's different than the old plucky Carolina Hurricanes and and scrap and claw their way uh, through a postseason. This team can can match you with skill, uh, and I I think they're going to give Tampa Bay uh, a pretty good run. Plus, their mascot's name is Stormy. Always a always a good thing to go with there. Yeah, spelled the same way. Spelled the same way, except I I'm not going to say what their mascot is for anyone listening that doesn't know what their mascot is. We're just going to leave that yeah, at that. Leave, leave it away. How about uh, Montreal, Winnipeg? That series, obviously, um, everybody knows the big news with uh, Mark Shifley getting a four-game suspension now for his charging hit on Jake Evans. Um, what was your reaction to his press conference today? Uh, impressive. I like the fa that that he that he didn't just accept it, move on. Uh, it was very passionate. It was honest. It was um, uh, maybe against the grain a little bit uh, from from what you would uh, what you would expect after such a, a violent collision. Uh, he is he is an honest player, and uh, I I called the hit the the cleanest, dirtiest hit ever. I was curious if maybe his availability like confirmed or changed your opinion on the hit at all, or no, as is. I, I think uh, I was surprised at the number. Four games was more than I than I expected. Uh, Mark called it excessive. Uh, I'd be along that same route. I was expecting two games, uh, but for someone who doesn't really have a track record, doesn't of have a track record, and, and the hit wasn't one of those like 
blatant targeting of the head. Scary uh, though, like it oh, was. Oh no, it was, it was it was vicious and it was violent, and mm-hmm. and he came and caught a player in a vulnerable spot, and under the rule, it was charging. So they, they a lot lot went into it, but it didn't. It wasn't that rule forty eight targeting uh, of the head. So uh, I, I was impressed by it by Mark and and the answer back. Uh, well, first of all, he started with Jake Evans, like concerned for the the player that he that he hit. But this wasn't a, a player who st- sat up there and went, I, I crossed the line. Uh, I'll do better after violent play like that. You might expect something along that line. No, he 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 challenged back uh, a little bit to the player safety department, but he's not going to appeal. Right, correct, which um, I think was a surprise to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But Pierre Lebrun, I was, he wrote something up that was basically saying that a, it, under, it makes sense why he didn't appeal because basically any appeal right now goes straight to Gary Bettman if it's under six games. So does that make sense to you as yeah. well? Yeah, it's, uh, it, I'm not even sure you can appeal it if it's less than six. Uh, under the CBA, but but or if it would go to straight to Gary Bettman, but f- four four games changes the series for for Mark Shifley. He's he's I think he's their best player. Uh, Blake Wheeler's really good. Uh, Kyle Connor's really really good. Um, Connor Hellebuck's a Vesna Trophy uh, winner, but Shifley's the kind of guy you saw it last year in the bubble when he went out against Calgary. They lost a lot of their creativity. Uh, against the Calgary Flames. I'll be interested to see Paul Stastny's availability. I haven't seen today whether he's going to be back. Uh, he mm-hmm. missed game number one. That that will uh, – I wouldn't pick whether Winnipeg can come back or not until I see whether Stastny's going to be able to play. If Stastny can play, I think they got a shot. Yeah. If, Sta- if they're losing Shifley and Stastny down the middle, that's a lot on Pierre-Luc Dubois' shoulders. Interesting series there for sure. And I will just say real quickly before we go to break that another thing from that press conference that I thought was really interesting was how he kind of went against the keyboard warriors as well, who had been making threats and things to his family. Like I just would like to get off my chest how much things like that, that people do on social media without taking account into anyone actually reading them or if they do, then they do. But the things that people say online is very harmful. Whether they think it or not, it is very, very harmful, and that's a real thing. And I don't agree with anybody coming after someone's personal character if they don't know them and their families and threats. That's just, it's, it's inappropriate, it's wrong, and I don't agree with it. It bugs me, and I deal with it every day. It bugs – I don't know whether it bugs you or not, but, it, like, it, you you got to be inhuman if it doesn't – if some of the things that are said to you or said about you uh, don't don't touch you in some ways. We can ignore them, and we're 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 trained to. But we deal with it every day. Athletes deal with it every day. The brother and the sister and the mom, they don't. And that's what he said: is I signed up for this. I'm an yeah. NHL player. I know the media scrutiny that comes with this. But my my somebody family, starts chirping you and yeah. ripping you, and they're like. Just because they're related to me? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Well said. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, we will come back. We're taking some questions from you. If you have any last-minute questions, use the hashtag Nighttime at Noon. I know we got some on social media already ready for Darren to answer. Um, Stay with us right here on Nighttime at Noon. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Stormy Bonantoni and Darren Millard here for nighttime at noon, getting you set for game three between the VGK and Colorado Avalanche. And a reminder, fans, if you didn't know what the official home for all game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise is, it is VGK Authentics from game-used pucks, game-worn jerseys, so much more. Owning a piece of your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check out all the great items on VGK Authentics by visiting VegasTeamStore.com. And that's also VegasTeamStore.com, the Arsenal, the Armory. You can go get gear up for the game tonight, which I know you'll all be showing up for because 18,000-plus fans expected in T-Mobile Arena, Darren, for the first time in nearly 15 months. It's going to be fun. So what do we have to do? We have to get there early because you don't want to get stuck in traffic and Correct. sitting there going, I'm missing the pregame show. I'm missing nighttime. Uh, and uh, I, I've heard to the grapevine, I don't know everything that goes on around the presentation, but it's an first game of the second round at home yes which could mean a new little opening on nitron uh that just, is just what the rumor the mill rumor is. has going yes. around and i'm sure you guys that were at the games for minnesota saw from the regular season there was a more minnesota wild geared yeah open for the first series so now we'll see what what the incredible entertainment staff has geared up for round two and i mean they're so good at that so stuff. good they're and so creative so come early and then after the game, like, go over to the beer house for a pop. For a go, pop. Go, go over to the beer house for a pop or uh, any of the rest, uh, great restaurants uh, around there and just hang out and revel in what we hope will be a VGK victory. Darren just gave me the funniest look because I've been giving him grief about saying get a pop at beer house. <laughs> you, can, you can get a beer there, too. Get a cold beer. <laughs> I love my cold beers. We are going to bring in our good friend who we're not sure what his title is necessarily. Is it supervising producer, executive Senior producer? Senior executive producer. Dakota Miller in the house to help us out with some hashtag nighttime at noon questions. Welcome, Dakota. What do you have for us? Appreciate it. Yeah, first question. Do you th believe, do either of you believe, that VGK must win both games at home to have a legitimate chance in this series versus the Avs? Go Stormy. I do. I think that, I mean, not legitimate chance. I don't really like the verbiage of that necessarily. But I think that it's very important for the Golden Knights to handle business at home, to take advantage of home ice advantage. And, yeah, I think that it would do a world of good confidence-wise. Regardless, they have to win four of five games. Why not take care of two at home? I hate looking at it like that. You do? You win four of five games. It just, but it's, I know, I know, I know you don't I like looking at it that way, but it's, you know, in a I know. I, and I also hate the, this, the whole, we got to take one game at a time. I, I don't agree <laughs> with that either. I, there's there's got to be something Darren. in the middle. Okay. I, I don't think they have to win both. Uh, I think 3 1 series deficits are not as uh, overwhelming as they appear to be. Uh, I think it's easy to chip much uh, more uh, doable uh, to chip away at that. But, with an asterisk here, I think they have to win tonight. If if they split at home this weekend, tonight is the one that they have to win, and uh, is is the most important one to win. If they lose on Sunday but win tonight, I, I still have all the confidence in the world they can come back. Generally speaking, did you have a level of like what was your level of concern coming from Colorado back home after losing two? Not not. Big. Mine wasn't really either. I, I actually, on the Insider Show, uh, which comes up four to six, I know you're a big fan of the Insider Show. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've But for Chris Chapman. Oh, oh burn. Just kidding. Love you. I mean, but I do. Well, I love there, all three there, of you. There's got to be one in every crowd. <laughs> I 
I stood firm that I felt from the start that this would be a 2-2-1-1 series, that we would have teams holding serve and then get to a seventh game. It just had that vibe to it. And I don't know what made me think that, and I've got no uh, analytics to back that up. It was just, just my feeling. So if, if we get through this weekend and it's 2-2, I'll be able to wave that flag. That's yeah. That's I was gonna just, say it's uh, my, trending that way. You have a you. <laughs> but I don't have I don't have I, a, any real concern about what happened. It does. It doesn't feel like the traditional two nothing yeah. hole. I know listening to Insider Show how much you love to be right though. So that'll uh, be a good. I do enjoy that. Well, feather the in the other cap. Two, the other two. Are like, <laughs> I was right. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Dakota, what you got? From our very own Gordon, what's the difference between stalagmites and a stalactite? Say that again. What's the difference between a stalagmite and a stalactite? I have a feeling that this is going to be a Twitter poll in the game later tonight. Do you know the difference between the two? Yeah. What's the difference? A stalactite is a type of uh, uh, mole, like a, a, a mouse or a rat, <laughs> and a stalactite is a uh, is a cloud formation. So I definitely know that's wrong. Um, <laughs> And if any, so this is an embarrassing. Am I right thing. on one of them? Not at all. No. But I don't know the exact difference between the two. I should probably look. I should have looked this up, because um, this has been a question that Gordon has asked regularly. Actually, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Gordon Weigers is um, one of the incredible voices of our social media department. He always messes with us. Um, but he's he a asked, strange. He's person. been asking this question a lot lately, and I did. I should have just looked up the answer by now. But my only like real reference to this is a stupid Saturday Night Live skit from a Justin Timberlake Christmas episode years ago mm. when they're the hip-hop kids and a rock falls on this girl's head and they're like, oh, a stalagmite dropped on her head. And she's like, that's a stalactite, Joe Jessica. You got to recognize your sedimentary rock formations. How do you <laughs> remember that? Because I, I may or may not have bought that episode of Saturday Night Live in iTunes to have forever, and I've watched it a hundred times. So in a cave? In a cave, yeah. They're the hip-hop kids, and it's called Yo, 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 We Gotta Find a Way to Get Out of This Mineshaft, Yo, is the name of the skit. So, so if anyone's interested in that. Is a stalagmite is that? One of them, I, it's the rocks that hang down in a cave. The you know, like things, the pointy like icicles. ones. But I just don't like know. icicles, but the rocks. I just don't know which one is which, yes. Okay. Yo yo yo! We gotta get out of this. But one of them, one of them is a stalag. One of them is a stalactite. I think it's this stalactite that is the pointy one. Okay, what's a stalagmite? Maybe it's like a round one. Did you look this up at all? Yeah, what's the, the definition? A stalagmite uh, comes is they're both pointy, and they are both pointy. And stalagmite is like from the ground up. Oh, and the stalactite is from the roof down. Huh. Nice. I didn't know they grew from the ground. I'm up. only half stupid. Then yeah. we got this. You're not, you, yeah. So neither one of them are a cloud, cloud formation. Neither one are cloud formation. We have one minute left. Can we squeeze in one more question, real wow, quick? Time goes fast. I know. How's Robin Leonard doing? Might not have too much <laughs> info on it, but game time decision. <laughs> game yeah, time decision. You uh, Yuri Patera was out there. Logan yeah. Thompson was out there, and Mark Andre Fleury was out there today. And Logan Thompson, AHL goalie of the year, backed up Mark Andre Fleury last game uh, with Leonard. Not out there that game. And Logan either, Thompson so. is not inviting Kelly McCrimmon to his 40th birthday party because he intimidates him. We don't have time to get into that, no. Darren. L Sorry. Listen That's to what I do. That's what I do. The podcast version of the Golden Knights Insider Show two days ago for that interview with Logan Thompson. Break it down. Um, this was a lot of fun, Darren. This went by really fast. Let's, let's do this every day. I like it. Okay.
I like it. This was fun. Sign, I mean, we basically me do anyways. Yeah. Um, thank you again to our supervising producer slash we'll come up with a better title. Dakota Miller as well as Jared Justice handling everything back at Fox Sports Las Vegas. For Darren Millard, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. This is Nighttime at Noon. Go Knights, go.